Hi, this is uh, Steve. And John. And uh, this is Quixotic. We are back from a little hiatus. I, I did release a short, like, solo video while John was kind of uh, out of it for a little bit. There might be some times where John's still out of it for a little bit, but uh, we're lucky enough to get together tonight and have a discussion. John's been hard at work trying to get his book written, but maybe John can explain kind of what, what his hiatus has been all about. I, I, won't, I won't say I've been hard at work because I've been off my game for the last month. Uh, should have been writing this whole time, but I, this week I did write, so. Anyway, I think you want to do drinks? Yeah. yeah. All right. Start with drinks, man. What do you got? Tonight, finally, I've been meaning to do this for our podcast for a while. I am having my margarita. Your margarita. What is your margarita, John? Well, it's actually Alton Brown's margarita, but <laughs> I'm claiming it. We'll claim it. That's fine. So what makes, what is your margarita? What is in your margarita? It is the juice of two limes. The juice two, of two limes. Then two more limes and half an orange muddled wait, wait. I want to I stop you. You said it is the juice of two limes and two more limes. So technically it's four limes. Four limes. So juice of four limes. Juice. I'll, I'll just buy the lime concentrate and use that, the, the like the real lime. And I'll substitute that for the juice, but tonight I did not do that because I had extra limes I needed to get rid of. So the juice of two limes and then two more limes and half an orange muddled with two tablespoons of agave nectar, strained, and then mixed with tequila. Enjoy. Why Why agave nectar versus, like, sugar or something? Uh, you need a liquid sugar that uh, I'm trying to think dissolves but okay mixes with cold liquid which agave nectar does honey does as well and i have used honey like i was at a party once and i was making them and i didn't have agave nectar and i couldn't go get any so i just use honey honey but honey is my party honey is not neutral in flavor where agave nectar is so when i imagine agave because you're using tequila anyways, like agave is just going to kind of blend in with the, uh, with the tequila flavor and either and heighten it or make it sweeter anyways. So yeah. Okay. So agave nectar will mix in cold liquid and it's neutral yeah. and it goes to the margarita. So. And what kind of tequila do you typically use? Just so long as it's a hundred percent agave nectar. Uh, I will frequently use 1800. I think I'm using Jimenez now. That's all it really matters. I've done this with Reposado before, but usually I just use a Blanco. Um, okay. You know the difference is... You wouldn't use an AO. Okay. Yeah. You know the difference is between Reposado and, and Blanco, right? I guess you could, but that's like using like a high-end scotch or something for a whiskey cocktail. You just don't do it. Well, it depends on the level of an AO, right? Like if it's like cheap an AO, why not? Um... But you understand the uh, the difference between Reposado and Blanco, right? Blanco's not aged. And Reposado's only aged like two or three months. Yeah. So, and then you know that there's a Hoven, right? I, we've had this discussion. I, I knew Blanco, Reposado, and Añejo. Yeah, and then Hoven is just a Blanco-Reposado mix, honestly. So that's it. It's just kind of this weird in-between. I don't, I don't understand it. People use it. People like it. So... Go um. Anyways, go on. What were you saying? But just going back to any other cocktail, you just don't you don't use the top of the top shelf for cocktails. Yeah, but anejo is not really t- like there are top of the top shelf anejos. Don't get me wrong, sure. but there are not like there's like there's a lot of like cheap anejos out there. People just like anejo because it's aged, like it's got that caramel color to it, right? That's yeah. it. So but the aging will automatically at least add some dollars to the price yeah i mean it's the same thing as like you're not going to use um like you you're still going to use captain morgan for mixed drinks right and technically that's a that's a spiced um well it's spiced that's one of the problems but it's an aged rum right it's not and they don't add color to it so Uh, well captain morgan silver is not aged regular captain morgan a lot of people do use it for cocktails. I typically will not, simply because it is spiced. Yeah, the flavor is fucked up. So, well, it is what it is. 
And uh, that guy in those videos I showed you before, I can't remember the name of that guy on YouTube that does all the yeah. drinks. That, you know, yeah, but he was suggested always spicing it yourself. Don't don't. Yeah, if you want to use the spice drum for cocktail, spice it yourself. Mm-hmm. But uh, now I did use Captain Morgan with. I was making daiquiris with it. And aside from the lime juice, we grated ginger in the simple syrup when we steeped, we steeped grated ginger in the simple syrup. So we made ginger simple syrup. So it was a ginger spiced daiquiri, and that was delightful. Hmm. How long did it take you to do that? Oh, it doesn't take long at all. So we were we were using a spice drum for that. Uh, anyway, anyway, yeah. This, all right. Well, this is arguably well. I still think you know I'm just a dirty martini guy to begin with, but this this margarita is so delicious. So it's better than the standard margarita recipe. Yeah, I know. I, there was a there was a woman in my life for a little bit of time that uh, made this talk about dirty martinis. Now, to me and you, like a dirty martini, a martini needs vermouth. You state like that it needs it. I always felt like that was what made a martini a martini. But she had always thought that like what like you because you're using olive juice that technically is the stand-in for the vermouth. So. I don't know. Some people might do that. Imagine some bars might do that, but I always include the vermouth. Interesting. Well, and even like the argument that gin is wasted on a dirty martini, I still prefer the gin <laughs> to the vodka. Yeah, I I still will never like like gin, no matter what. Like I don't care what anybody says. It's, it's gin is a disgusting fucking drink. Um. <laughs> So, John, what do you call – you're just going to call this John's Martini? I mean, is there going to ever be another name for it? I mean, it's it seems like – or sorry, John's Margarita? Like I said, it's it's Alan Brown's recipe, so. Okay, so you can't – you can't – you could just you, you could just claim the recipe as being – yeah, all right. I'll claim it for anybody I'm directly talking to and pretend like it's mine. You should have just claimed it on this damn podcast, man. Alton Brown doesn't need to know that you stole his margarita recipe. <laughs> Um, all right, we'll uh, we'll move on. Alton Brown will never listen to this podcast to begin with, so it doesn't matter. Um, I am drinking simple stuff like always. Uh, this is Nika coffee grain whiskey, so it's Japanese whiskey. Um, it's a little sweeter than most whiskeys, actually. Um, I don't know. I feel like the Japanese tend to take what Americans do and try to make it better. Um, I actually like this one. Uh, I like this one actually a lot more. This is my first time trying a Japanese whiskey. Um, all I know is that they distill. The reason why it's coffee grain is they distill it in a coffee grain, in a coffee steel. So I have no clue what that does to it. I have no clue how that helps it. Um, it's a traditional and rare patent still, uh, Nakia imported from Scotland in 1963. So there you go. So it is something that Scotland's uh, utilized for their whiskeys, probably for their scotch, and the Japanese are just trying to keep it alive. So that's that's all that I can all that I can say. Um, yeah, all right. so that's that. That is what I'm drinking: a Japanese coffee still whiskey. All right. I wish I could remember that whiskey we had in Guam because I'm not a whiskey fan, but whatever that one was was good. This is at that bar that you attended for a little bit of time. Well, I didn't work there. But. No, you just you just decided to to tend bar every now and again. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go in the back and mix drinks. They would let me kind of practice my craft and you know, they yeah. let me put out a tip jar. I didn't work there. I, I straight up showed up one night and John's like, when I visited out in Guam, John's like, hey, let's go to that bar. All right, cool. And John goes right back there and just starts pouring drinks. So there you go. That's, that is, uh, all right. So John, do you want to tell us why you were absent at all? Why we took, we've been, we haven't made one since June and it's now August. Yeah. Well, uh, um, 
kind of, you know, it's tough. But, you know, I've, I've told enough people in person this story, and you know the story, but it's just now to just say it out loud. So, and, well, also because I'm trying to decide what to cut out. Yeah, like, you, you, John's, you so in all honesty, John has to be very careful in what he says here um, so he doesn't get into trouble. So what happened is I confronted my now to be student-to-be ex-wife about something I found out. An argument ensued. And then six days later, the police come to my door and arrest me, saying that the night in question, she accused me of domestic violence. So I spent a little over 24 hours in jail and posted bail. And then the judge told me, it was uh, at my bail hearing, uh, that my court date is not until August. And I'm not allowed to go home. I'm not allowed to talk to uh, contact my wife. I need to make arrangements with the police if I need to pick up anything from my house. And I get to see my kids a few hours on Sundays. And that's it right now. So since I've not been able to go home, that is why we have not been recording, because I am currently in a place where I do not have internet other than obviously my phone data plan, meaning I don't have Wi-Fi at the current place I'm residing. And some friends asked me to watch their house while they're gone, and that is why I am here and why we're able to record this week is because I just so happen to right now this week be in a place where we have internet. Or where, I'm sorry, where I have internet. So that is my story. Uh, and I realize anybody who's hearing this doesn't necessarily know me from Adam and doesn't have any reason to just leave me out of hand, but I am steadfastly declaring my innocence in this. So that's that. So that's that's why we've been not recording lately because I have been without internet and going through a personal, personal. problem. Yeah, there's um, there, there's a lot more backstory of what's going on, but that's the broad strokes of it. Yeah, and can't get too deep into it just because of those broad strokes. But yeah, um, but I, so I, for I, those right now, I've still not even been to my first court hearing. Yeah. yeah. So for those people in Germany, we're very sorry that we haven't been present <laughs> for only listeners in Germany. You're like, they're German. Uh, like, it's a VPN. And you're like, no, they're German. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with their German because they're connecting to the same VPN every single time they download this. So, and it's the same town. So I'm going with it's Germany. Um, I mean, it could be, it could be about They're like latched on to our podcast. They're like our, our first fans. We're like David fucking Hasselhoff to them, man. Come on. Like, that's, you know, we're going to be big in Germany. Or actually, you didn't scare them away. You just made a bad. Okay, I'm sorry. I get that David Hasselhoff is a, is a national treasure to Germany, but, um, you know, maybe we'll be the next national treasure to Germany. That would be, that would be just Aerosmith is a national, like, they love Aerosmith in Japan, right? Um, Maybe that's how it'll be for us too. Maybe that's how we branch out. People are finally like, this is it. So no. All right. John's shaking his head and saying, no, he's just looking at me blankly. Um, I'm, all right. so, I'm reading my, I'm reading what I wrote actually. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool. So we are going to jump in. So if anybody remembers where we were at and I know it's been, it's been since June since the last one, but John and I have started this, this journey. John uh, wanted to write a book and we'll catch you. We'll catch you guys up on where it was. And he asked that, that I'd become involved in some way. And, and honestly, I, I don't think that I'm a good writer. I, I think I have like good instincts for what makes a good story, but, but if I was a good writer, I might've like actually tackled it years ago. Um, but from my perspective, like my perspective, like John, I won't say a good writer. I, I just find that it would be arrogant to say that. I do think I can write. I think I could say without ego, I believe it is my talent or one of my talents. I do think I have a talent for the written word. Um, I I would agree. I would agree. um, Most of that, I think I just need, I need you, sure, as like a pre editor, editor, (laughs) but also like as like a cattle prod. I think that's mostly what I need you for. 
And that's kind of that's kind of what we are. So so John and I, John and I, for years have always kind of like, and I've tried to get John to help me write a a, a, a movie, uh, but that just that's never just panned out, right? It's never been something that, we, that we've been able to sit down and do. So so we're now using this podcast, which we started last year at some point. Um, and we had some fits and starts with it. And we finally kind of got it moving a little bit more this year, uh, earlier this year in like January. I can't remember when our first episode was. Uh, but we've, we've finally got this moving and it's gone from like different, different topics to now. I think, I think we're, we're settled on this for a little bit of time. So anyways, to, to, to kind of stop the whole background, John is writing a story. I am helping be a cattle prod for this story. And we're using this podcast as a way to continue our discussion at the same time to be the cattle prod to John and give tips, hints, whatever he needs to kind of like get him to the next step in this. Um, because at the end of the day, um, you know, that, that's the, we are delving into the creative process and we're, you know, this, this podcast is quixotic. It's weird, wacky, enjoyable, fun. And it could be about whatever the hell we want to talk about because at the end of the day, that's what the point of this is. Um, not what quixotic means, but it's a, yeah. Uh, but but to us, this is this is what this is the point of it. So, anyways, as, as it goes, um, we're just getting John to the next stage here, u- utilizing this, and um, I don't know. Maybe I think maybe in the future, I I think what I want to start doing is if the prologue, because we're still in the prologue, John. Correct? Like we haven't written past that. Like this is this is it, right? I have not. I know. I, 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 no, no, no. I am halfway done. With I know pro- what I want to write. I know what my prologue looks like now. How many words in the prologue do you have currently? I currently have 1,587. 1,587. And how many words? you, you So you think you should have at least 3,000, 4,000 words in a prologue? I'm, I'm thinking it's going to end up right there. Why, what made you think, I'm curious, like what, like why you settled on that number as far as your prologue was concerned? I didn't settle it on a number of words. I, it settled on it as in what the story I want to tell in my prologue to be. Okay, perfect. So, and I'm just, I'm hesitant, I am tentatively making an educated guess as to how much room I left I need to tell, finish telling that story. Okay. So, we've got... So you started writing the prologue, obviously, personal issues aside, you had to kind of delve into all that junk. So now you started writing tonight, going deeper into it and trying to get more done. Do you want to, because we, I remember at the very beginning we started, oh, here's what I do want to say. I I think like once you get the prologue to a good spot, like I think I do want to create a website for this and just release each chat. Like, I think that'll be even more of a cattle prod for you. So we'll put the cattle, we'll put the uh, podcast up there. And at the same time, we'll put this story up there. What? I know you've been doing the podcast as kind of audio only. And I've been asking you for like video of the podcast. Like, because we, we still have the BitChute channel. Yeah, we still have it. I know. BitChute's kind of like floundering. It's made a lot of people mad. Yeah. A lot of people have moved over to Odyssey or library. It used to be called library. It's called Odyssey now. A lot of people are on Rumble. And then now I've also been thinking about locals. I've been thinking about maybe we should start a locals channel. But then, yeah, perhaps a website would be a good call. I am everything okay? Was that a ghost like moving in your house? Or? Not as a cat. That's, I, one okay. of the reasons I'm here is cat sitting. Oh, fun. Um, Okay, so John and John and his parents. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think the website would be a, a better idea right now, and and the, and I know that you want, but I, I think just to at least, I think it will grow the audience a little bit more if this kind of lives out there somewhere, right? And then there's um, there's there's ways that this kind of gets done, um, and and like kind of a serial style. So as you finish each chapter and we go through it and you rewrite maybe the chapter or something. It gets put out there on, online, right? And so then you're publishing each chapter as you kind of write it. And so the book will start to evolve. We'll, we could gain a following that way just as easily. We'll put the podcast up there to kind of so that people have this comments. Almost like a, almost if you think about it, it's like kind of a commentary track, you know? Videos and movies have commentary tracks. We've created a commentary track for your story right here, right? The making of John's book, uh, whatever. What is it called, by the way? Trying to see if anybody can pay us for it. 
if anybody's willing to pay us for it. <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, I, I, I'm going to end up spending $12 a year on the, uh, on the, uh, at least $12 a year on the, uh, on the hosting. And then we'll talk about the, how much it's going to cost to actually put a web server up. So, you know, so, but it's all for it. Like, it doesn't matter. Like at the end of the day, the cost to me doesn't matter. It's about how we're, uh, you know, how we're getting out there. So, um, that's, that's how Anyways, uh, bleed you dry. Uh, you're not bleeding me dry. It's like I said, you know, I live life, and I think you and I have talked about this before. I live life in, in a way that if I can provide something for someone in some way, be it money, time, energy, whatever it is, like, right, just an, an ear, I don't care what it is. But if somebody just needs something from me, I live a pretty blessed life and I should be able to give that back tenfold. So, um, is a $200,000 sailboat in there somewhere? Yeah, no, the 200,000, I, I don't have the means for a $200,000 sailboat for you. Um, <laughs> I have the means to put a website up <laughs> and let you release a new chapter. Shameless. <laughs> that is my means. That is my means. So, um, and I have the talent to be able to put a website up because that is my job. So, um, so you don't have to pay somebody to do that. Uh, anyways, I think that's, I think that's kind of the, the, my goal out of this is to, is to kind of help promote it a little bit more in that, in that way. And then it'll help promote our show. Um, you know, and then, uh, who knows where that takes us? I, you, you never know. So it's a fun way. Like I said, I'm, I'm more interested in the fact that this becomes a commentary track for what what you're doing here um all right folks john that was a lot of talk do you want to read the prologue what you want to read it do you want to read it yeah yeah like da, 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 da. this this if the german folks are still there now that's definitely a go now no fuck it dude they want to hear it <laughs> They're translating this to German. Come on. Do I need to like refresh basic where the story is or what it's about or anything like that or just go? I think let's go with the prologue and then we can kind of do a maybe a breakdown of what you're trying to accomplish here. Okay. All right. The village was nestled in a large elevated clearing near the coast of the Avalon Sea. The clearing encompassed most of a bluff that jutted out into a small peninsula so that it was predominantly bordered by ledges and then a long strip of beach. The climate was tropical, but the location allowed breezes to make living there pleasant year-round. Most of the residents resided in a series of semicircular roads lined with lodges that bordered the small market that served the village. Next to the market was what passed for a village square that led to the chief's lodge opposite the rest. Outside of the village, there were a few farming homesteads. Although they were still close enough to be in view, and all along the small road that ran through the center and ended not far past the tree line. It was a place of simple existence and no name. As far as anyone remembered, there had never been a single outsider in their small corner of the world. One day that changed. Let me quickly step aside and just say, just so you know, I have not really like proofread this necessarily yet. I kind of proofread as I go a little bit, but I might end up reading out mistakes, and that's just because I have not gone through and corrected them. So yeah, we're, we're not looking for perfection. We're just looking just for... So you know, there might be a couple errors in here. One day that changed. Mikos was a hunter and a gatherer, one of the few. The village predominantly relied on their meager, meager agriculture and, to a lesser extent, fishing for sustenance. Isolation had done nothing to prevent a strong xenophobic paranoia in his people. So only a very select number were granted the privilege of supplementing food and supplies by venturing away from the clearing by any distance of note. Mikos and his friend and fellow hunter, Sato, had traveled the village that morning in search of game, had left the village that morning in search of game. They were about a mile from home in thick but familiar jungle, approaching a slope that led down to a small stream. It was the only freshwater source in the vicinity, which made it a favorite hunting ground. They had stopped at the top of the slope to survey the area when they heard it, a small child crying. Sato locked eyes with Mikos as their blood ran cold. That was a sound that was never heard out of earshot of the village. No villager would have ventured out this far, and even if they had, 
Miko's Crusader would have seen the signs they had come via the most direct route to the spot. An outsider, a stranger, someone else. It was not hard to determine that the sound was coming from the stream. At first, neither of them wanted to move. Both thought of creeping back to the village and raising the alarm. But by silent agreement, Nikos convinced his friend that they needed to creep down and get a look at who was so close to their far-flung home. By the sound, this child was too small to be out here alone. That meant others, and others changed everything. They crept down the slope as fast as possible without making any noise. The primitive crossbows they had brought to hunt with held at the ready. Their nerves were burning and their muscles were as taut as the lines of the fishermen when their nets were full. For all their caution, however, their attention was focused on the source of the noise rather than their footing. Sato misstepped on a tree root. His ankle twisted and he lost his balance. Suddenly he was tumbling down the slope. He maintained the presence of mind to toss his crossbow away from him so he would not so his fall would not inadvertently discharge it. This proved most likely a prudent move as a second later his trajectory had locked had his right thigh connect with a broken branch. If the commotion he had had not already given them away, Sato's involuntary cry of pain definitely did. Mikos followed Sato down the slope trying to at least maintain his stealthiness. One man was compromised, but whoever was at the stream didn't need to know that he was not alone. He hid behind a large tree that provided him a safe place to survey Sato's stopping point and the stream beyond. Sato was clutching the jagged piece of wood protruding from his leg. He was bleeding profusely and clearly in agony, but his attention was locked on the far bank of the stream. Miko followed his gaze. There, sitting on a rock, was a woman holding the crying toddler. She was advanced in years, but not truly old. Her gray hair was tied back in a bun, and her garb was a robe that covered all but her head and hands. It was made of a fabric by it was made of a fabric woven by a much more refined tip technique than their village was capable and a purple color and a cur- and a purple color but faded worn and dirty a satchel of similar weave hung at her waist by a shoulder strap across her torso she was holding some kind of plant root to the child's mouth and appeared to Mikos that she had been trying to feed it to him when she had been interrupted by Sato's fall although she was no doubt surprised by the sudden appearance sudden appearance of the wounded man she gave no impression that she was as bemused to see another human as they were. They were both nervous, if not outright frightened. The woman was neither. She said something in Sado, to, to Sado in a tongue that was completely foreign to them. The sound of her voice was surreal to Mikos, and he didn't have a hope of understanding what she said. The same was true for Sado. What? he asked her with trepidation. She barely hesitated and switched languages effortlessly. Ah, so this is your language. Very well. Hello, then. What is your name? She asked. Sato just continued staring at her. Well, come on. Speak. I asked your name. As as unnerved as they were, the woman spoke with an authority that seemed to trigger compliance. Like she suffered no fools, and hearing it automatically inclined you to understand it was best to do what she said. It was akin to the elder widows of the village who taught traditions and tasks to the village children too young to yet work, yet more potent. Sado, I am Sado, he said. Sado, good. Sado, I am Marjorie, she replied, and that leg of yours needs attending. The woman, Marjorie, stood in a smooth motion and proceeded to forward the shallow stream with the child still in her arms. Sado's eyes widened in shock and terror, and he made to scramble away, but pain brought him to a halt. Mikos had no such injury and sprang into motion. Clearing the final distance in seconds, he appeared behind Sado, Treating his crossbow at the strange woman, though doing his best to avoid aiming at the little boy. Stay away. Don't come any closer. Marjorie was even less surprised and unimpressed with the appearance of the second man. She paid little attention to the crossbow, gave a sound of annoyance, and continued out of the stream, although she did stop there. Listen, your friend needs care. He's not going to make it back to wherever you came from as he is. And just what exactly do you think I'm going to do do that you find so threatening or that you're so threatened by me that's what I meant to type there so I'm going to set up so Mikos did not respond but his cross fell lowered slightly there was that tone that just inspired obedience again <clears throat> now put that thing down before you hurt someone especially my boy here he complied and she closed the distance to them and you what is your name she asked Mikos he replied good I trust you already heard mine 
Now here, make yourself useful. With no further preamble, she thrust the child into Mikos's arms. He had not held a small child since he had been a youth himself with his newborn sister. He had only recently been wed to a young woman who lived four houses away from him, and they had yet to produce offspring. The feeling was unpleasant for him, and once vulnerable and responsible for the safekeeping of one so fragile, but he dared not stop holding the toddler. And try to get him to chew on this, she said, holding the root to Mikos, which he took. She had pulled an identical one from her satchel and turned to Sato. Sato eyed the new one and then the one in Mikos's hand as he held it up, as he held it up to the boy's lips. He was no less nervous. What is that? Sato asked. Canister, Marjorie said. Dulls the pain. My boy is currently teething. Mikos looked and sure enough there were nubs of the boy's first teeth coming through. No wonder he was miserable. For you, she started saying, Sato, I need you to chew on this pulp. I need you to chew this one to a pulp. It's not the most pleasant flavor, and it will make your mouth go numb for the next hour or two, but you'll be fine. When you're done, you'll spit it into your hand. Still hesitantly, Sato did as she said, and she was right on both counts. He spit out the mush. She knelt down in front of him to eye level and pointed at him. Now, I want you to listen to me very carefully, Marjorie said. Sato began slowly nodding his head to indicate he was listening, but before he could even finish, in one quick motion, Marjorie grabbed the branch and yanked it out. There was a fresh spurt of blood and a loud yelp from Sato. Without even thinking, he brought the hand holding the chewed up root down on the wood. That as far as I got. Okay. From there. So, okay, going, okay, so from there, what I have left to write is that she's going to help him. She's going to bind the wound. You know, the root basically help kill the pain. She's going to clean it. She's going to bind it. They're going to get Sato up and running. And she's going to help him, help them get back to the village. And then if. From if anybody remembers the story I was telling and everything like that, obviously her child, the boy, is my protagonist. If anybody remembers what what I was going to, uh, where I was going with the story from back when we were recording before. So the rest of the prologue is essentially her coming to the village, the chieftain not wanting a stranger there, but she's more or less too useful to kick out because very obvious she knows medicine. They don't have any kind of healers in the village. So that's basically how she ends up staying to live in the village. Okay. Of the rest of the prologue. So the point of then showing her wrapping this wound and going through this process and describing the process to us then is to show that she knows medicine, right? And so then ultimately they can communicate to the chieftain that she knows something that will be helpful to our village. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes. Okay. And then, cool. Medicine, and in terms of my protagonist character, medicine is just a precursor to the fact that she's educated. And she is going to educate the protagonist. Is she going to educate anybody else inside of no, the... Not really. Okay. So where does she fall? I'm just curious, like, she is she only seen in this portion of the story, and then more or less she's she not will, going to too long. She's going to die early, early in the story. She'll die of okay. old age, of illness. Old age. So, so her death doesn't precede the protagonist to then go on his journey. Ultimately, this, not, this is just as we discussed what what kicks the protagonist out on his journey. We've already discussed it will be a part of it, but that's not what does it. She's not. She's okay. going to die of natural causes. He's going to be sad. But he's going to be well on his way to adulthood by then. Okay. Um, well on his way to adulthood by then. So I'm curious. Okay, so what is let's let's talk about the hero's journey here. So we we we've talked about it so much. Like we talked we talked about it in Dune. We talked about it in Star Wars. Like everything that you and I have ever like delved into in the past. There's always been this idea of like the hero's journey. Um, you know the we you know we always know it as three act structure, and I, I still think books typically follow a sense of three-act structure um, in some ways. So what would you describe? So we're we're still in the prologue, but we want to start thinking far enough ahead of like, what is the hero's journey? Like what is the the rising action to the climax to then the falling action, right? Um, And that's kind of where I I think I'm trying to understand is the prologue is getting written. And, And again, I get it. It's so early in the process right now, but I just want to understand like, 
the direction that that the um, that the hero is going to end up taking because I, I feel like that's where most writers end up getting stuck because they're like on that upward trajectory and then there's just there's nothing like you just kind of like where do I take this they run into that wall well it gives us at least if not the entire first act the part part of the first act is going to be his coming of age and then eventually fleeing the village um, okay. If fleeing might be a software, it's a, I think it'll more or less be actively chased out. Um, second act could be his coming to find a new world or the rest okay. of the He's going to find other people. And like he's going to join all but that. And then the third act is him coming to realize he's kind of signed on with evil people and he doesn't want to be a part of it. And conflict ensues from there. Okay. That's part one. I'm kind of envisioning a trilogy with this. This Mm -hmm. this is the first, that's the first story. Yeah. But there's always, right. There's always, even, even in a trilogy, there's always the, um, Right, so it, it, let's let's take Star Wars as just as an example. Is you have the you have the three X structure inside of each movie, and then you also have the three X structure inside of the trilogy, right? So, like, if you if you kind of think about how that that gets like Star Wars is a really great example of all that. I, I always love to use Star Wars. It's it's the one that I'll nerd out on all day long when we talk about three X structure because it's it's the perfect example of like the three movies themselves make up the three three like a, a three X structure, and then you also have like the movies themselves make a perfect three act structure. Like George Lucas at the end of the day, you know, say what you want, like, you know, him and Lawrence Kasdan writing together, they, they just, they, structure. yeah, like it, it was a nice, like it was really structured. Well, from, from a, from a written, from a well-written standpoint, like I will give those movies everything that they need to get written, um, you know, cause they followed that, that formula very well. Um, for, I should say from a formulaic standpoint, let's put it that way. Um, they followed it really well. So I just, I guess that's, that's my only, that's, that's my only like so far. Cause you followed when we talked in the first podcast and I gave you, gave you that advice. <laughs> you, you did follow it. Like you, you set these two characters. It's, it's now two characters that are going through the motions. Um, and, and, you know, we get to experience this through their eyes versus, um, you know, just through a, somebody, a, narr- a narrator kind of over ahead. So I, I do like that, uh, that direction a little bit more. Um, where, so, okay. So we're going to take it. I'm trying to think of our Sato and who's the other guy. I apologize. Miko, Miko. Sato and Miko. Are they characters? that'll be, that'll follow, or is this the last of them that we'll see? You won't really see much more of them after this. Okay. So they'll just be credited as finding the outsiders. <laughs> and, and you were the one that insisted on me doing other, something besides narration with my prologue. So. Exactly. No, it's, and it's perfect. I, I like it because it, it leads, it leads the story. You've got to admit, like, there's, there's much more interest in it when we're like seeing it through somebody else's eyes and somebody, we can feel the world through their eyes. Right. Um, so it also, I think it gave you more to write. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. Like, I I feel like it gave you more to write. So like you would have had 1500 pages of just a narrator talking about the village. And then suddenly this woman appears right now you've got three characters who we don't really need to like maybe maybe the uh, uh, Missouri Marsuri um, I don't know her name I can't say her name. These are, um, these are kind of working things right now because I'm I'm just yeah. making up anything that you was always subject to change. You know, perfect. so here's something that I that I always I always enjoy um, is is sometimes when when you're just trying to make up like characters and you want the character to have a specific type of trait to them. Uh, you would give them a name that kind of follows that trait. If that makes sense. So, yeah. um, so example of that in the Harry Potter books. 
Uh, who? Her, uh, Hermione or? Her names. Just J.K. Rowling's names in general, especially because she loves alliteration. So about mm-hmm. half her characters in those books have alliterated, alliterative names. Oh, yeah. Like, alliteration names. that's, oh, that's so Marvel, cool. too. Peter Parker. <laughs> Bruce Banner. <laughs> yeah. but also just, like, they, they do kind of follow like a trait, like Luna Love Good, almost, you know. Yeah, yeah, Hermione Granger. Uh, well, I don't know Hermione Granger. I, I, would, I don't know what. what she's just the uh, smart one, right? I uh, remember the, the leader of Griffin, uh, Griffin House, um, Gryffindor. Uh, McGonagall, Minerva McGonagall, just very, very fitting to her character personality. Semi- yeah, very fitting to her. Character. So maybe, maybe kind of think about that. If you, if you want to change, if you, if you want the names to kind of change, think think in that term of like it doesn't have to be as we'll crazy as what these are working names I'm making up. I just very clearly do not want normal names. Yeah, but it doesn't have to be something crazy like McGonagall, right? It it, it it can be still or a sever what is Severus Snape is that is that uh, um, right? Um, so you so you still you don't need to have something as crazy, but at the same time, like something that at least gives some some hint at their character. Um, who was it? What was uh, uh, what was the movie uh, Risky Business? This is this is always one that I love. Um, Tom Cruise's character in there, Joel Goodson. Right, so like just the, the, the again that last name of, of good son like he's he's the the, the poster child um, and he never does anything wrong until risky business um, so just something to think about that's my that's just that's my that's kind of my idea on it is if if you choose if you if you want to try to like come up with the at least think about their I think it'll help you really kind of think about their characters too because that's going to help you shape the story more right so you say that she is the educated one right and so then I take it that Sato and um, Mikos are hunters or two hunters right and so at the end of the day you, you don't need um, these guys don't need to be they're not if they're not important to the story they're, they're not going to like not long time they're just in the context of I wanted a village that was very isolationist, like that's the mentality of the village, I was trying to come up with a context as to why these two were special, why these two were allowed to venture away from the village. And these are hunters, yeah, which makes total sense. And then you, you got fishermen as well. So, um, and so, no, that's perfect. Um, so, I mean, you can give them, I think, I think Sato is a pretty strong name. Like, you can give them a warrior's name. Uh, Mikos and Seto, right? Like to me, that that's fine. Um, but yeah, I would think in those terms. Uh, so like, Marcy, since she's going to be important to the story, while she'll only be a piece of it, she'll still kind of important to the story because she represents something to this kid, and she'll represent something to the village. Like she's the, the witchy or witcher woman or whatever. I don't know what you want to call her. Right. So, so she's going to be the one who, who brings medicine, who brings knowledge to these people. And then she raises this little kid up with all of that knowledge as well. So um, I'm kind of thinking those, maybe a teacher, something to that effect. Um, that would be my idea at least. Uh, is that way? Th- I think then that way you can kind of focus in on the character development and focus in on who they should be. I think that'll help. Um, I'm trying to think of what else like there is in this. Like so far, I think this is really good. Um, I don't. I don't know. Like things like. I like the idea of like, I here. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna throw something else out there. So there's this line right here. Uh, Try to chew on this, she said, holding the root to Mikos, which he took. She then pulled an identical one from the satchel and turned to Sato. Sato eyed the new one, and then the one in Mikos' hand as he held it up to the boy's lips. He was no less nervous. What is that? Sato asked. Canis root, Mercery said. I almost these guys are suspicious of this woman still, right? 
And I almost think that maybe there should be something left unsaid. Like he shouldn't say, what is this? She should just look at him. Like she has, you've already expressed that she has an air of um, authority to her voice and uh, probably an air of authority to her in general. Right. And so things that I might do differently, for example, is I might make the warriors talk less because they're suspicious and they're afraid of giving away. Right. And so when people, when people are naturally suspicious, they don't ask questions. They just kind of look on maybe in fear and anger a little bit. It would be hard right? for them to talk less. Hold on. Um, for some, I don't know what's going on. Can you hear me? I can hear you fine. I cannot hear you. I can hear you fine. Speak. Speaking. No, you're not coming through, man. Hold on. Speak again. John. I, I can hear you just fine. Okay, hold on. Try one more time. No problem. Still no problem here. <laughs> it's all it's all on my side. Um, yep. I was just saying though, it'd be hard to make them talk less. Yeah. What do you mean it's hard for you to talk less? Because that's his name and I, what is that? I think are the only lines Tato says. Like, I, I don't, like, I, I think if you just kind of put in there that Sato, say, like, she goes, he hands it to her, right? So Sato eyed the new one and the one in Miko's hand as he held it up to the boy's lips. He was no less nervous. You could easily put, like, can't, like you could still say the same thing like Marjorie's impatientness like she's just like you got to trust me or my your friend is dead right your friend will die so like you can give a sense of um, impatience to her as she maybe presses the roots in his hand and says canis root it dulls the pain my boy is teething or something something just like that right that might make and, and at least it gives a sense of like these people are suspicious of her. They still don't know. Like they're going to ultimately have, they're going to trust her and end up taking her back to the village. Right. Like they're going, like I think through her act of kindness of piecing Mikos back together, right. Taking the, taking the stick and, and they're going to naturally kind of come to a, okay, she's, she is a good person and it's going to lead, but, but you still kind of have to build with it a little bit. Like you still have to give them a sense of like, they don't fully trust this person. Like they don't know why they have no clue what the roots are. They have, what is a cane? Even the word canis root to them probably doesn't make sense. They have no clue what medicine is, right? They've never used it. That's my sense, at least. Am I wrong? Okay. That's I, I, that's all I can think about with it. So, yeah. Um. I don't know. What else you got, man? Because I, w- I want to keep going on this. I'm glad that I'm tired. Had two cocktails. Hey, you're, you're already, you, you down those cocktails so fast that you end up falling asleep so quickly. I was already tired. You cannot down those that fast, man. We, we have to old, take a- I'm tired before I ever had them. I'm an old man now. I got to bed early. early. Oh, loser. Loser. Um, but uh, like I said, I, other than, I have the idea for the prologue at the very least. Okay, so at this point, it's just you finishing the prologue, right? Right now, yeah. All right. Which I like. I mean, we can, we can, you and I can get that. Like, we can, we can finish this prologue pretty quickly. Um, I mean, if you're able to devote some time to it, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, you obviously, you're not going to be writing for the next, what, week or so? I should be able to keep writing. Do you have this saved locally on your computer? Or is this out in the cloud only? I'm downloading it. What's that? I'm downloading it so I can... 
Oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I know with internet, you're gonna have you're gonna no internet. It's gonna be kind of back and forth and stuff like that. But, um, I think those th- those are just gonna be my only things right now. Because you you took you really did like it. Really, I, I think by taking the the task that you did of at least building this story out with, with just a couple characters to begin with, right? Uh, it really kind of brightens things up a little bit. Like it, it's a different, different sense of what I was different story, you know, and it's, it's, it's going in a different direction. I like it. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see kind of how the, this shapes up into the next chapter. Right. Um, do you, do you have the next chapter planned? Not very, not much yet. What's what's your idea for the next chapter? Because because we talked about the prologue. So what's your idea for how you're going? Like where's the next chapter going to go? Uh, it's it's going to be obviously introducing the protagonist as a young boy. Um, okay. I'm probably going to have him meet the twins. Who are the twins? They are the chief, son, and daughter. The okay. son becomes his best friend, and the daughter becomes his initial love interest. That's cool. All right. I love it. All right. Well, on that note, man, um, it was good. I like it. Me too. Is there, <laughs> is there anything else you want to talk about, though, this evening before we, or did you ready to call it and call it a night? Oh, it was, I don't remember. It wasn't related to this. What's that? It wasn't related to this. I don't remember what it was. Oh, okay. I'm, uh, I was thinking about uh, going into, hold on, let me try one thing. I was thinking about trying to talk about Suicide Squad a little bit. And just first impressions, but I don't think you've watched it, so no. Watch the two animated ones. At least the two animated ones I know about. But yeah, so if you haven't watched it, it's not worth it. All right, man. I think it's a good stopping point. You know, yeah, we hit, we hit almost an hour. So. I mean, I, I can't think of us going any further. I mean, you've gotten to a pretty good point as far as the prologue's concerned. And I, I was going to try to get it done before we talked. I got to say that again. I was going to try to get it done before we talked. I got to so. Oh, okay. All right. Well, then we'll call it, man. All right. Well, it was good to do this again. Yeah, I miss you. Well, uh, we hopefully, 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 it's not another month before we can do this again. Hopefully not. So, I love you, brother. I love you. <laughs> All right, man. Um, so, I'm Steve, and I'm John. Uh, thanks for joining us, guys. This has been Quixotic. Have a good night. Good night.